This is the Lock Sportscast, episode number six, Listening to Lock Sport. In today's episode, another lock picking criminal arrested, other podcasts that cover lock sport, sometimes, and more giveaways. Welcome back to the Lock Sportscast. Corrections and additions. First off, uh, I think I owe an apology to Rune Picker. I forgot to keep promoting his 4th of July giveaway. I only mentioned it in the first episode after he told me about it, and I should have mentioned it in the next one too, because that was also before July 4th. So sorry, Rune Picker. I'll make sure I don't do that again. In news related to Lock Sport, few things here. Most of the stuff this week was shared by Starry Lock. This first one was also picked up by Helpful Lock Picker. Man was arrested after attempting to pick locks of a Porterville business. He was seen acting suspicious, and when police stopped to check on him, they found that he was supposedly attempting to pick the lock on the business, and he had lock picks and a few other burglary tools on his person as well as the usual meth pipe. This next story is one that came up on my standing Google search. It is a review of the, well, it's titled here, Quick Set Halo Review, a smart addition to your home security. In my opinion, this piece reads almost like a paid post. Or if it's not, like this blogger who's into tech reviews is looking to get paid posts because he really doesn't point out one downside to the product. And even though he alludes to having a little bit of a difficult time getting it set up and working, he doesn't see that as a downside. So anyway, just my opinion. Some of the some quotes from the article that I found rather telling here. The quick set halo is also one tough lock. It's designed to withstand all the typical lock picking, kicking, and crowbar style entry efforts along with 20 minutes of fire resistance. And since this is a smart lock, it's also hardened against digital lock picking efforts via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth as well. The value of the Quickset Halo is in the connectivity which can provide you with added security and peace of mind. And this is where I differ in opinion with him Anytime you add more ways to open a lock, you're adding more attack vectors, more attack surfaces, however you want to say it. But you have the smart key lock that is installed in there, and it's the ways you can get around it. You also have now you've added Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, both of which, if they're not implemented correctly, could lead to an attack, and an app that's running on a smartphone that can be hacked or stolen. And if somebody steals your smartphone, or you lose it, and they get a hold of it, and they're able to enter it because you don't have a good security key on there, they're going to have your address, they're going to have all your personal information, and they're going to have the key to your house. So the one thing you do get out of this is data logging and monitoring, so you get a little peace of mind that way. But that's only really monitoring the front door. 
So it doesn't mean your house wasn't broken. It just means they didn't get through that particular lock, which as we all know is unlikely to happen, even though we have, I have highlighted some cases lately of how some criminals are attempting to pick locks or apparently attempting to pick locks. It doesn't mean that they actually are successful at picking locks. And those are very, very few and par far between. And I get like one a week, if that, and there are a lot more break-ins than that happening out there. So the percentage is really small. Can't say it doesn't happen, but it's unlikely. And I don't, I just don't agree with this guy's particular philosophy that adding Wi-Fi and Bluetooth makes you more secure. Uh, in my opinion, it's the opposite. Just It's the lesson we've learned through computers and electronics is the more things you add, the more ways somebody can break in, the more mistakes that the programmers and the designers can make. Okay, off of my soapbox on that. This other story was another one that came up during my search, and it's an article called How to Become a Professional how to become a professional locksmith. And it's pretty generic and pretty short, non-specific, but I thought it might be of interest to some of you out there. I know some people have expressed some interest in becoming locksmiths after getting into lock sport. So I thought I would share that. The links to all of the articles, everything that's referenced in this episode will be in the show notes, also available on the website, locksportscast.com. The next story was another one by Starry Lock. It's not really a story, more of a announcement. He noticed that the Stealth Key by Urban Alps that he had recently showcased in a couple of his videos has been rated a black belt lock for the purposes of the karate belt system. I'll have a link to his video, his first video on that, and also a link to Hobby Picker's video where he disassembles and guts the lock so you can really see what's in it and why it would be such a difficult pick. After looking at that, I kind of want to get my hands on one. And on to community news. And this one really has me a bit worried. Starry Lock put up a quick video, no audio, just a very short text with no explanation saying that his channel is going on hiatus. It's not a goodbye, just a farewell for now type thing. But there's no explanation as to why. And with everything going on in the world today, I'm a little worried. I have to say it. I'm a little worried. And uh, especially since this whole episode is basically Starry Lock. He gave me the news. He gave me the information that led to the main subject of the, the podcast this week. And now he's just, he was very active sharing stuff with me. And then he's just disappeared. And that's a little worrying. So anyway, if you're out there, Starry Lock, if you're listening... I hope everything is well. I'll be thinking about you, and I'm sure the rest of the community will too. Another one was by Daz Evers. This, he managed to hand make a key for an Abloy Classic out of a wooden dowel. He hand filed and cut a key by sight from a wooden dowel. It's an amazing feat. You should really check out the video. Link will be in the show notes. It's a first. I've never seen anything like it before, and I don't think anybody on YouTube has ever done it before. So you really, you really should check it out. And with that, I'd like to thank everyone who contributed to this episode and to everyone that has shared this podcast with others. Every little bit helps. 
content producers for this episode. As I've already mentioned, the primary one would be Starry Lock. His YouTube channel is on hiatus, but he does have a lot of interesting videos. He really likes to cover new interesting locks that come out. He gets them, he kind of demos them on the channel. He also has done for a long time shoutouts for new channels. So if you're looking for some new channels to subscribe to, going through his videos is a great way to do it. And it'd be a great way to show support while he's dealing with whatever is going on in his life. And also we have Rook Knight. Rook Knight is a YouTuber. I think he's been on for a little less than a year, but he does a lot of videos. He's a very active member of the community and a very supportive member of the community. And we'll have a little bit more about him in the giveaway section of the podcast. And then Panda Frog will also be in the giveaway section of the show at the end here. And his channel is another interesting one. You should really go check out. Links will be in the show notes. And I'd also like to remind everybody that if you get value from this podcast, please help support it. It really can't exist without help from the community and with Starry Locks kind of stepping out this week. There's going to be a vacuum to be filled because he has been providing me with information. So if somebody could step up and start sending me some more information, I would really appreciate it. Or next week's episode is likely to be very short. So keep sending in your news and links and giveaway information. You can send them to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other contact methods listed in the show notes. Or you can also find all those at support.thelocksportscast.com. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. Well, let's get on to the main topic of the show. This also was inspired by something that was shared by Starry Lock that I'll get to here in a moment. But I thought about, after seeing what he posted to me, I thought it'd be really interesting to share some clips, some teaser clips of episodes of podcasts that I have found that are lock sport oriented. These people don't do full-time lock sport oriented podcasts, but they have done episodes on lock picking and lock sport. Just a warning, some of these, especially Uncensored Tactical, is not what I would call work safe. The subject matter discussed sometimes, well, the comments sometimes, and the language used are not what I would call work safe. I have edited them heavily in some cases to make them safe for my podcast since I'm trying to be work safe. So this all started with uh, something Starlock shared with me. He said, Uncensored Tactical's latest podcast episode is defending open source lock picking. And so he thought he'd share it with me. The latest episode is entitled Defending Open Source Lock Picking. And it's kind of similar to what he did in his episode number 15, which I also play a clip of later. But I'll start with the one that Starry Lock shared with me. This is the introduction, the first section of the podcast, just like a couple minutes here i thought you might find it interesting i can start yelling pretty easily yeah terry why don't you yell about this next point it is literally (laughs) child's play for picking locks go ahead take it off (laughs) well it it (laughs) literally is um (laughs) i mean what else what else can you say i've uh guys make me feel like a dumbass well i mean (laughs) you, you know it's it's 
being really, really good at it isn't child's play. That's but correct. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can teach and have, I can teach a kid to, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to open a, a pad, a normal master padlock in just a couple of minutes. Welcome to Uncensored Tactical, where our goal is to talk about training, tactics, and more without being limited by red tape or a sterile bureaucratic environment so that we can bring you value and insight in a way that other organizations just plain can't. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for checking out another episode on Uncensored Tacticals podcast. Let's get moving super quick. Uh, disclaimers, adult content, adult humor, adult language will be present on today's show. And that's it. Tonight, I brought two big brains onto the show, returning guests, both of them, to help us out. I had a short topic. I think this will be a short show, under an hour. And I have an article on my website under the FAQs, which is Defending Open Source Lockpicking, um, and some other skill sets as well, uh, but mostly about the lockpicking and the restraint escapes, because occasionally people say, Oh no, you teach people the illusion of security. You teach them that there are flaws in security systems. How dare you? So that is the phrase or the quote that we are going to address tonight. All right. So that was episode, the latest episode, number 143. Now, as I said, he discusses it. 143 is almost like a, a redo of episode 15. Episode 15 was a little earlier. His audio wasn't a little as good. I've cleaned it up here uh, for this teaser. But he does discuss in that episode a few things he doesn't actually hit on in episode 143. And I thought it would be really interesting if you... if I, I thought it was interesting to listen to both. And I'll just play a quick clip for you of episode 15 here. This is not a tool to be used to make pranks. And here, let me give you, the audience, some more value, which is... Why don't we prank people with our lockpick skills? Number one, it's for your number one, it's violating people's privacy. Number right. two, let's say you're the guy at work, whether you work at UPS or a church or a school or you're a cop, right? Doesn't matter. If you're the guy with the lockpicking skills and you're known for making pranks, right? Breaking into people's private spaces and doing funny shit or stealing something or putting something in there that doesn't belong or messing it up. If you're the guy that's known for doing that to people, who do you think they're going to look for when, even if on accident, let's say someone goes to their locker, right? And they put their wallet in there or they thought they put their wallet in there and then it's missing. Yep. Even if it's not really missing, they just misplaced it. Who were they going to look at? You. You. And how about this? What if you find something in there that doesn't belong in there? Like you find a prescription pill bottle. What if it may or may not be legal? Well, what do you, now you're going to have to make an arrest as a cop. That's going to look great in court. What were you doing in that person's locker? How did you find this evidence? Oh, I broke in illegally. Uh, okay, case dismissed. We're going to throw that out. It also gives lockpickers a bad name. Yeah, it's, because giving, it's giving people a bad name for sure. I thought that was a, a great little clip to share because it's, it's so true. And it's a lot. It's something some people don't think about. So anyway, there's a lot more of that type of thing in his episodes. If you want to check them out, I'm going to share. He did two episodes pretty far apart from each other. Episode 87 and episode 133, both tactical lockpicking for beginners. There was a tactical lockpicking for beginners and tactical lockpicking beginners guide part two. I think part two is mainly just a, a an update later on. He, I don't think he 
really meant it to be a two-part series. It doesn't seem that way. But anyway, I'll quit rambling and play a quick clip from episode 87 here. Straight into the topic. Let's start with the term lockpicking and how I use it incorrectly and how a lot of other people use it incorrectly too and why that's okay. Um, the term lockpicking, the way I use it incorrectly is how to pick open a pin tumbler keyway and how to bypass a keyway and how to do wafer locks and warded locks and vehicle entries and even handcuff and flex cuff restraint escapes and things like that. So I use the term lockpicking for a large umbrella term that basically means getting through a locked obstacle, no matter how you choose to do it. Um, and usually, uh, well, let's see, let's jump into tactical lockpicking because that's what I teach. I'm very fond of that skill set that I've kind of taken techniques and tools and methods and um, I've kind of combined all these things into a skill set that is very good for making entry for first responders and for the prepared civilian. And it has a large emphasis on field application. So let's talk about what is tactical lockpicking. It is, this is going to sound a little familiar, tactical lockpicking is the skill set of how to get through locked obstacles or out of restraints with a strong emphasis on field application and it has lock picking at its core and we use other entry techniques as well. All right. And if you want to hear the rest of that, go check out uncensored tactical. It's an interesting podcast and I'm going to play a clip from the second part of that episode 133, where he touches on a subject that will lead directly into the next podcast that I have for you in real life. What some other courses don't teach is when you walk up to a door, well, let's start with the classroom first. You're sitting in a classroom. You have a tiny little block of wood. You have a tiny little door handle. And it's got a keyway in the middle. Great. You put in your tension wrench, whatever direction you want. You put in your rake. You start jiggling them around. Oh, it spins. It's open. Hooray. Here's the problem. In real life, you have door handles that are located where? Right? They're not in the center of the door. Usually they're off on the side of the door. Okay. Well, what's further off the side of the door? The door frame or a wall. Right? So... Sometimes you put that tension wrench in in your preferred position or you try to put that tension wrench in and it doesn't fit because there's a wall in the way. That's one of the smallest but most beautiful examples. I, I just, I love it that some people teach courses and don't identify that and they don't tell their students about that and they don't tell them how to prepare for that or how to diagnose or overcome that. And that directly leads into this next clip, which is from... Uh... ITS Tactical's Gear Tasting Radio, and it's entitled, Why You Should Learn to Pick Locks, episode number 115, and I'll just give you a quick clip of that, because I think it feeds directly off of the last one. It took me about five minutes, but I opened the lock, and I start spinning it to the right, I'm like, well, that's the wrong way, <laughs> and couldn't get in. So I reset it back to neutral, and tried the other way. Well, the problem I ran into is the door frame was right there. So as I was applying tension, depending on the type of tension wrench I was using, it was really hard to hold it in the right position because I like to feel the tension with my middle finger as mm -hmm. I'm holding the, the tension wrench. Uh, a lot of people say torsion wrench is the better way to say it, but I'm going to say tension because I don't really give yeah. So, but <laughs> the, uh, 
the middle finger is kind of how I, I adjust the tension. And it, it really is a skill that you have to practice and understand what you're feeling inside the lock too. Um, but I was still using a rake because at the same time, I wasn't single pin picking. And, mm-hmm. and that's more where you really need to wiggle the tension and play with that. Mm-hmm. But I started doing that and I was running into problems with the tension wrench hitting the door frame. So I actually picked it again and the tension wrench hit the door frame and I couldn't get it to spin around. And by the time that I realized what was going on, I, it was just, I barely had to drop it to get the tension wrench out because I was just going to get a screwdriver, put yep. it in there and turn it. And as soon as I dropped it, it dropped the whole thing again. I was yeah. like, ah. Oh. That's so defeating yeah. to hear that like, yep. You're like, ah. And uh, there, there it is. A real life problem that is exactly like Uncensored Tactical talked about. And I'm sure a lot of locksmiths out there will will know about this and they've already dealt with that early in their career. But those of you who have never actually had to pick a lock in real life, it is a completely different experience. Uh, I I should touch on this just real quick. I'm not going to go into depth, but I am a first responder of sorts and I work in private industry, but I am a first responder for that industry. And I do have occasion to make entry in emergency situations once in a while, but that's all I'll touch on. And let me tell you, under adverse conditions and under the stress of knowing that you should be getting entry quickly, it, it, it is so much more difficult. You lose all your fine motor skills when that adrenaline gets going and lock picking becomes extremely difficult. So it is... It's usually the last thing I ever think of doing if I need to get entry. It, the bolt cutters on padlocks for gates are my primary entry method. All right, now we're going to get into a few that are higher end, more refined productions. This first one is actually an interesting one. I found it on SoundCloud while doing a search for lock picking podcasts. Actually, technically lock sport podcast was the search I was running at the time. And it's not really a podcast. He titles it, the the user on SoundCloud only has the one particular audio file up there. C. Clementi 6 is the user. And he describes it as a project for a radio course I was in, investigating a hobby I enjoy and some interesting common characteristics shared by its enthusiasts. And he titles it the Bosnian Bill Generation. So let's hear that real quick. This is a piece about lockpicking. Specifically, it's a piece about people who do it as a hobby, enthusiasts of what's known as lock sport. And spoiler alert, I'm one of those people. I was going to save that twist for the end, but while making this piece, from the very beginning of the project, I made some interesting discoveries about myself and lock sport that I just couldn't leave out. So, what's up with lock sport? You may have played a game called Skyrim. You're going to have to sneak over to Medesi's stall and use your lock pick on the strongbox. Or watched a show called Dexter. And that's just the intro to that. He actually interviews a couple of people from the mod team on the Locksport Reddit. At least they were mods at that time. And goes into some commonalities that they all share. It's it's quite an interesting piece and it's well produced. So I thought some of you might enjoy that. Again, links in the show notes. This next one is a piece that was done a few years ago by NPR. I'm sure some of you have heard of them. And it was called Locksporters 
Pick locks for fun. Picking locks can get you into trouble or make you a star. Still trying that deadbolt. Just crossed three minutes. There's the deadbolt. That is what is called a lock sport competition. The fastest picker wins the glory. Andrea Shea of Member Station WBUR spent some time with one of the stars. Nice. <clears throat> now I can actually remove it. As he manipulates a skinny pick to defeat a lock, 25-year-old Skylar Town wants to make one thing very clear. Real lock sporters abide by a strict code of ethics. Never pick a lock you don't own and never pick a lock that's in regular use. Town owns a heap of locks and he's organizing them to build a lock library in Somerville, Massachusetts. He hopes people will use it to study and conquer the device's tiny inner workings. Like computer hackers, Town has an affinity for cracking security systems. I pick low to mid-security locks very, 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 very quickly, as quickly as I possibly can. I have my tools custom made so that I can pick locks faster. Faster so Town can beat his rivals in lockpicking contests. He competes at hacker conventions such as DEF CON in Las Vegas, where he even presented a lecture titled Locksport, an Emerging Subculture. In an ironic but not uncommon twist, I locked myself out of the hotel room this morning. <laughs> and if you want to hear the rest of that, you can go check out that podcast episode. And again, link in the show notes. This next one is by Scamapalooza. Number episode number 43, it's called Oz LockCon and Lockpicking with Topaz. On with the show. Have you ever picked a lock, slipped in the tension wrench, gave it a little bit of pressure, and then taken your pick and pushed up each individual pin until finally the lock clicks? and opens. I haven't done it in years, but last week I had the opportunity to pick my first lock in a very long time thanks to my guest on Scammerpalooza today. Topaz is a computer security expert by day and a lock picker by night. He's also one of the organizers of Oz LockCon, Australia's first convention dedicated to lock picking and lock sport. And I recommend you go check that one out. Then we have another highly refined one here. It, I've never heard of this one before. It's Documentary on One podcast, but they did an episode called The Dublin Lockpicking Community. And I thought it was a pretty interesting view on the lock sport community. If you want to listen to the whole thing, it will be in the show notes, but here's your quick little teaser. Are you putting in... Oh, it's not enough that I get stuck in the handcuffs. You want to... If you were on Dublin's Haypenny Bridge lately, declaring your undying love, you're probably going to want to turn off now. Most handcuffs, uh, they use a ratcheting system. So you put a, a very thin piece of metal over the ratchet mechanism. This is Sean, and we're at the Dublin Lockpicking Club. It's a group for people who like picking open difficult locks, like padlocks or handcuffs. Sean is doing a demonstration. He's locked a pair of handcuffs onto himself, and it's taking a while to get them off. Two hours later. Yeah. Don't joke, it was that long in Facebook. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, I was in Facebook's HQ teaching them how to pick locks, and one of the guys in Facebook had a pair of handcuffs exactly looking like this. And they thought it would be a fantastic idea to encourage me to lock myself through a chair. And yeah, so I spent an hour and a half attached to a chair. Um, oh, great, you got it off. Yeah. Well, I've had enough. I've had an hour and a half of practice, at least, at, at Facebook, so, yeah. So there you go. 
The lock pickers gather around a table full of locks and everyone chooses one and starts working away on opening it. This is kind of a tough lock. So many questions. Is it illegal? Are they criminals? And no, they're not criminals. I'll answer that right now. But anyway, you should check that out. It's an entertaining little listen. And then we've got this next one. And the last one is by 99% Invisible and it's called Perfect Security. This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. A man walks down a dark alley. He's dressed all in black. Black beanie hat, black gloves. He approaches a door, drops to one knee, and produces from his pocket a small metal tool. He inserts the tool into the keyhole. He deftly slides the tool around inside the keyhole until... He's in. Security has been breached. But only in the movies, because... Perspective lockpickers take note. You generally can't do that with just a pick or a hairpin or a paperclip. There are two tools you need to pick a lock, and one of them is usually left out. When you see people picking locks in movies, this is the part they always forget. The tension wrench. This is a tension wrench. It's an L-shaped piece of metal with a little twist in it. An L-shaped piece of metal that, with one hand, you insert at the bottom of the keyhole, while the other hand uses the pick to work the pins in the lock and hold the lock with a little bit of rotational tension. That, by the way, is Lee Honeywell showing our producer Sam Greenspan how to pick a lock. I'm quite in awe with the production value on some of those. You know, NPR and some of those, they have huge production teams to, to do all the editing and create these artistic things, but... Like the the SoundCloud user C. Clemente there with his Bosnian Bill generation and this 99% uh, was it 99% invisible, their perfect security episode there. That dramatic intro. I can't imagine how much time they must have to spend editing those episodes to get them to sound so perfect and I, I barely have time to run and edit this show, which is not highly produced, as you can tell. All right, on to the rest. We have giveaways. So this week, Panda Frog on YouTube shared with me his giveaway, which I already knew about, but I needed his permission to share it. And I won't go through all the rules. You can check out his channel link in the show notes if you i have a link to the video that will give you the rules it's called mini panda frog and the basic premise is he has a young one on the way and you need to be able to guess the birthday the birth weight the birth size and then there'll be one random draw from people who enter also so four total chances to win it starts now actually started a few days ago and it will end the day Mini Panda Frog is born, and so the estimated birthday by the doctors is 5 August of 2020, so that will give you an idea how long you have to enter, but I wouldn't wait till the last minute because babies have been known to come out early. And the next one is Rook Knight. He said, don't know if this is newsworthy, but I'm doing a challenge giveaway for my 200 sub on his channel. 
this is absolute newsworthy, Rook Knight. I, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm looking to share. And the basic premise, it's very simple. Pick any lock, but you have to do it with an upside down keyway. So for those of you in, you know, across the pond that are used to picking Euro cylinders in their traditional orientation, this should be really easy for you. The giveaway runs as best as I can tell, uh, or best I can remember through the 17th, so 717 of 2020. So don't delay, get over there and check that out. By the time you hear this episode, you only have a few days left. So get over there and check that out and make sure you get entered. It's an easy one. You might as well jump on the bandwagon. There are a few more details, minor stuff like use the hashtag and whatever. Go check out Rook Knight's video linked in the show notes below to make sure you qualify and get everything right. And the last self-serving one is, of course, the Charles Builds Crap slash the Lock Sportscast pack lock a month giveaway that is now running on both i will begin doing the giveaway draw on charles builds crap once a month the way you get entered is by sharing information with me or sharing the podcast all the rules will be in the show notes they're also be on giveaway.thelocksportscast.com if you want to go there and check it out remember this podcast needs your support So please remember to share the show with your friends. If you would, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast app is really does help a lot. You can, I, I, I need more information. So please send me any information you have that is Locksport related. Even if you don't think it's important, it might just be the bit of info, the bit of information that I need. If not, no harm done. You can find all my contact information in the show notes or on the webpage, thelocksportscast.com. If you support the show in some way, like providing me information that I can use in the podcast, I will give you a shout out. So make sure you link whatever you want shouted out in the email or whatever contact you send me. Thanks. And remember, keep it legal. It's quarter to, oh, I must get a little hand put on that watch.